as it has been, is over. That phase was on fun. Let's be ready for anything. Welcome back to Set Phasers to Fun. Episode four. Megan. Yes, Charlie. Wesley's Dirty Legos really set some records, viewership-wise, listenership-wise. You know, it's a little intimidating, actually, recording this episode, knowing that episode three got such a, a mighty din of praise. It almost feels like we can't even live up to the expectations. It's almost like that. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do some different stuff today uh as always you can tweet us uh at set phasers pod or email us to set phasers to fun pod at gmail yes. or look us up on facebook we're on all your platforms we're ready to meet you where you live we'll come to your house let's start off today with a little viewer mail that we received in this is a hundred percent legitimate <laughs> this is not made up at all Derek writes in and asks, what would each of your holodeck, your personal holodeck programs be? Ooh, you know, that's an excellent question, Derek, because we went and surmised what the personal holodeck programs would be for the main crew. But we didn't really talk about if we were on the crew. First of all, Charlie, let me ask you this. If you were on the crew, what do you think? Red, yellow, blue, where would you be? Would you be a science officer? Would you be medical? Would you be in the command chain? Man, I really want to say red, but I know blue in my heart. In your heart, you would be blue. I would hopefully be like one of the upper blues, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm like Picard. I got a red jacket on, but I'm really blue. <laughs> Maybe I'm like in charge of some kind of antenna or something. So what you're saying is that you're um, going to be bound to be disappointed in your job, like constantly dissatisfied. Like, Absolutely. How do I get over to the blue team? You know who I am? I am like Picard when Q um, read his past where he didn't get stabbed in the heart and he was a, like a meek science officer. Oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> the meek science officer. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe I'll surprise myself. I would like to say that I'm one of those people wearing the Harlequin uniforms that um, serve at 10 forward. <laughs> But in my heart, in my heart, I know I'm red for command all the way. Like, I'm like, straighten up and fly right, attention, step, hup to, hup to, climb that ladder of success. Like, I just know that's what I would do. Give me a clear hierarchy and watch me scale it like a rock yeah. climber. With, mm -hmm. what are those things that rock climbers hold? The, 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 the things that are sharp that go into the rock? Pinions? Spikes? Spikes, give me the spikes! I, l I would like to think that at some point, Riker would know my name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I might be pals with Data. I don't know. Riker would know my name all right. Oh, yeah, he would. <laughs> you might be in that vein of the lady who took over uh, when Picard got captured. Oh, yeah, with the tidy updo. I think I'd want to be captain. But, like, I wouldn't be get become captain until I was in my 50s. You so you wouldn't be, like, a Janeway type. I'd want to be a Janeway type, but I think it would take me a long time to get there. I don't think I would get there in my early 30s. I think I could also be, I could be in command if I like was in charge of a ship that, you know, found some kind of virus uh, that the Enterprise had to come rescue. 
Ah, right. Like if I was on a tiny science ship or a tiny something or other. If greatness was was thrust upon you, yes, <laughs> you would rise to the occasion. But otherwise, just forget it. I'm just, I'm just set up for the free travel. <laughs> and I welcome this huge one. Nice planet. You know, I, I was watching the one. I watched the one last night where Barkley gets the superpowers. Yeah, sure. From the floating heads. They kind of look like Dumbledore. It's like a giant hologram of Dumbledore. Yeah, exactly. The thing that I never really thought about before. At the end of the episode, they just kind of reset. Like they have all this. They have this super technology that they can go wherever they want to in the galaxy in like the matter of seconds. But it's all over with after they meet the <laughs> meet the guys. They they send them back and they're just like, nope, can't have that anymore. <laughs> Beep. And once again, right, it's the holodeck that is the spark of the ship's demise. Remember, because Barkley takes over the whole ship. Yeah. And he does it first. We're, step one, holodeck. Too dangerous. Holodeck is too dangerous. Did we answer the question about your holodeck program? Oh, no. We just went straight to who, what rank we think we would be. S sorry, Derek. Sorry, Derek. I'll, but I'll tell you this. So I, I've said in my heart I'd be red for command, which I think is my destiny. Mm -hmm. But I also could see where I might sidetrack into yellow security, like go the sort of Yar Wharf route. Yep. Like I could kind of see me like hanging out in lieutenant commander status. Mm -hmm. The only thing keeping me from being a security expert, though, is I don't like exercise. Even if you had the holodeck to make whatever exercise environment you wanted? Yeah, I think you got to be willing to grapple. Like, are you a grappler in your heart? I'm not a grappler. I, um... Yeah. Well, I know for a fact that you would be in charge of kind of the ship's the theatrical productions. You think? You think I've... Bev would move over? <laughs> well, I... And, and let me do a little bit? Maybe you'd start rival companies. <laughs> <laughs> I would smoke her. <laughs> Bev. She's too kind. Bev is more like the rep. You know, she does the Shakespeare. She does all that stuff. You do the more experimental avant-garde. <laughs> what do you suppose is the 24th century version of avant-garde? Because hasn't everything been done? It's basically just acting out dubstep music. I don't know. <laughs> I sounded 100 years old just now. Um... <laughs> I'll tell you what would make you sound 100 years old is I will play you three audio samples and you tell me, identify which one is the dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> if you can tell Lil John apart from Lil Wayne, I'll give you $10 right now. Uh, neither one of those people are dubstep. And neither one of them are on Star Trek The Next Generation. They might be if it were modern day, if they were being filmed. If Data wanted to learn about um, 21st century rap, he might go into the holodeck and bring up one of the Lil Johns or Lil Waynes. Well, knowing the show's track record, they would pick someone like, you know, MC Hammer or... Uh... <laughs> they would pick Vanilla Ice, yep. but after Vanilla Ice's um, angry reality show home fixing up phase. Like, they wouldn't get Vanilla Ice right at his prime. Like, they would get him... And he'd be like, yo, let me teach you about rap, son. And then we would all be uncomfortable. Um, I guess I would say my holodeck program would probably be boring Picard history type stuff. I would probably go back into like pre, or, you know, Earth prehistory. I'd probably hmm. find some other cultures I'm interested in and do that. I could see it. I would, in my um, family holodeck program, uh, I might ride some creatures. 
like a like you know how Picard rides a horse, <laughs> like like some kind of mer creature. Like I think that would be cool. Like I would like to know what it's like to ride a seahorse. Oh, would you make a giant seahorse, or would you shrink yourself down? Well, I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? Either way, it's the holodeck. I can do what I want. We made a good team. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do it again sometime. I'm with you every day, Jordy. Do you have any? Do you have any viewer mail on your end? <laughs> Why, in fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs> my mother wants to know um, why we don't get a real job. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. <laughs> does your mom listen? Uh, my mom does uh, not listen to uh, at least that I know of. I don't know if she knows what a podcast is. That's an excellent segue into another piece of viewer mail we got. Lisa asks, what did your parents think of you watching Star Trek when you were a kid? Oh, my mother was all for it. Because my mother thought, well, if she's watching Star Trek, she can't be doing drugs or kissing boys. And she was correct. Yes, they are mutually exclusive, it turns out. <laughs> she was correct in that assessment. So good, jo- good parenting, Mom. It's funny that Lisa asked that question. Because this weekend, I was home at my parents' house. There was a Star Trek marathon on BBC America. And I watched it in the same room that I watched it in 20 years before. Oh, isn't that lovely? And did it have the same... um, Did you find being in that environment uh, soothing? Did it Uh, cast you back in your mind? A little bit, yeah, it did. You know, honestly, that's probably how I would... that That would really be my holodeck stuff. My holodeck programs is I would just like recreate my childhood bedroom. <laughs> and I'd be like, I need to get away from it all. Slam. And you'd go back to Iowa there. Dear diary. Commander Date is mean to me. <laughs> Am I ever gonna be in command? Am I ever gonna be in command? Am I gonna be stuck with this tidy updo forever? <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to do a hairstyle episode. Oh, yeah, sure. I have never thought twice about hairstyles, but I've learned a lot from you. <laughs> That's clearly, that was clearly a major focus for me. Yeah. Plus yeah. their hairstyles. They had some exquisite ones. All right. Well, that, that closes the bag on viewer mail. Um, we got a lot, but, you know, we just don't. We're a 30-minute podcast. We can't dedicate the whole show to that. We're only human, you guys. I do not feel pleasure. I am only an android. Uh, well, then uh, we had a segment uh, called Little Fornicate, Mary Kill, where we name uh, three cast members, and we have to decide which one we would fornicate with, which one we would marry, and which one we would have to regrettably murder. So are you ready to play? I am. It's going to be a Lieutenant Commander F. Mary Kill. Data, Geordi, Worf. Wow. All right. I killed Geordi. Poor Geordi. Why? I don't know. He seems like the most boring to do the the, the other two. With. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent point. <laughs> uh, I marry Data. Oh, that's nice. And I f Worf. You fornicate Worf. I think Worf probably fornicates me to be. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> Um. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's a beautiful, that's poetical. Worf, is this your idea of sex? This is sex. But I have no place for it in my life now. All right, for you, Megan, 
Yes. Kalar, Q, Ensign Rowe. Kalar, Q, Ensign Rowe. Kalar is uh, the mother of Worf's child and diplomat. Ensign Rowe, she of the attitude and fabulous eyebrows. And then Q, omniscient and all-powerful. Okay, let's see. Who would I kill of the three of those? Oh, that's tough. What I, hmm. I'm going to say I would marry Kalar because she's awesome. She's got a good head on her shoulders. I think we could uh, go the distance. I would fornicate with Q because that would be extraordinary. Uh, and then I would regrettably have to kill Ensign Rowe okay. because she's, she's too angsty. I can't have that around. Right. I'm, a, I'm in an optimistic place. I'm moving forward. I'm going to Don Draper that business. Like, we got to go forward. Move forward. I'm not interested in human interpersonal relationships. F. Mary Kill. Miles O'Brien. Keiko. And then, uh, just to keep it interesting, the Binars. They come as a pair. <laughs> I just throw those in there. Just to kind of keep it spicy. Just keep it spicy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I F the binars. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Just for the story. Sure. Locker room talk. Yeah. Etc. <laughs> you they, you put your one in there zero. I got it. I guess I marry Keiko and murder Chief O'Brien. Yeah. That's kind of a frankly a pretty dim prospect either way. Yeah. Who wants to be married to Keiko or O'Brien? They're both horrible. Right. Well, why is O'Brien? I like O'Brien. Yeah, but you'd have to stare at his potato face all day long. Oh, racist. <laughs> I meant his face actually looks like a potato. Not that he is Irish. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to edit out that you called him a mech just now. Well, I just think he's got a punchable face. That's all I'm saying. Miles O'Brien looks like he needs a good punch in the face. Keiko never really got that much business. You know, she was the botanist. They had the one episode where they were getting married. There's a lot of her complaining. Ooh, I'm having a baby. Ooh, I don't want to get married. Ooh, I'm kidnapped by these people in 10 Forward. Is, did Keiko get turned into a kid with the transporter thing? Oh, yeah, she did. That was a crazy episode. Yeah, you can't marry the Binars. No. Are you kidding? The Binars. You, you gotta marry somebody you can negotiate with. And there's no negotiating with the Binars. It's either yes no. or no. That's it. One or zero. Never mind. I'm changing my holodeck prediction. Forget the mermaids. Forget the sea creatures. This is what I would do. Is I would just have some get to know you time with the Binars. I, I'm, I'm switching it up. You'd go to Binar 3 or whatever? Yeah, and... I'd go to like, let's get to, let's. Let's, uh, I bet it's really easy to be a binar. Yes or no? The end. Do you want this sensual massage? No. Do you want a sports car? Yes. It's very easy. The binar's also famously racist, uh, so I think you would get along with it. <laughs> what is that high-pitched sound you make? That is our primary language. How can you process information at that speed? We store information with these buffers. We receive information all the time and save it until we need it. F.M.K. Picard. Oh, man. Picard's brother, Robert. 
Picard's nephew, Renee? Renee. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I would kill Robert because he's a total stick in the mud. Yep. Um, but all that winemaking knowledge dies. Yeah, but I, I don't really drink wine. I don't care. I'm not a sentimentalist. <laughs> Goodbye, Robert. Let's, and we are assuming a Rene is of age. Let's just yes. age him up a little bit because otherwise yeah. that's yep. difficult for me. Right. Um, so he's 18. He's fresh off the farm. He's ready to see the world. He needs a little F from the Gogarty. That's what I think. A little F from the G. And then, of course, I'm going to marry Picard. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, hands down. You'd be okay with that emotional distance? No, it suit me fine. You go your way. I don't really want to hear about your stuffy books and your archaeology trips. Just, you know, come back and uh, we'll have a little replicated dinner and a little snuggle time and we'll emotionally support one another. And then you go your way and I'll go my way. We're both career types. The only problem uh, is it'd be a little bit of conflict uh, of interest because he wouldn't be able to promote me to the pr position that I clearly deserve. You private dick. That's what it says on my door. Okay, it's your turn. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna, ooh, I'll throw in an easy one here. How about Guinan, uh -huh. Troy, and uh, rounding home, let's throw in Troy's mom. Mm. Loxana Troy. Oh, that's pretty easy, I think. Okay. I F Troy. I marry Guinan. Yeah. I kill Loxana. Yeah, that's right. I don't have a lot to say about that one. It's all pretty <laughs> self-evident. Yeah, it's self-evident. Captain, even Zeno never had such thoughts about me. You may energize. Final round. Okay. Holodeck edition. All right. Dr. Leia Brahms. Ooh. Moriarty. Ooh. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Put me in a corner. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say I would definitely kill Leia Brahms, but now that you bring in Piscopo, I don't know if I can handle it. He'd have to go. Goodbye, Piscopo. He's murdered. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to Leia Brahms and Moriarty. All right, who to marry and who to just have a good time with. You know what? I'm going to marry Moriarty. I'm going to F Leia Brahms. Here's my reasoning. All right. Yeah, Moriarty. He's evil, sure. But, you know, he's also uh, a good conversationalist. Mm -hmm. He's got some good ideas. Although, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, switch that around because Leia Brahms she's all sciencey but at least she's not going to be like oh she's going to have all that like Victorian baggage like Moriarty has all that Victorian baggage where she's he's like oh, a woman's place is in the home and I can't have that I can't have it right like we that might be good for an evening but after a while the corset has got to go so the answer the question is would Moriarty come along with me as a modern lady maybe he would I don't know. He's certainly more interesting than Dr. Leia Brahms. He doesn't have the as exciting a French braid, though. Her French braid was very exciting. Well, if we're talking holodeck Leia Brahms, probably a little bit more exciting in the sack. Yeah, maybe. Real life Leia Brahms. Ugh. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I don't want any part of Leia Brahms. Is there right. any kind of self-immolation choice we could make? Where you would burn yourself alive? And I would burn myself this? alive rather than have to... Um, Mary or F, any of those choices? Uh, sure. Okay, yeah, that's what I would do. I would opt out. All right. 
You're done. <laughs> Can you imagine marrying Piscopo? Oh my god. And he'd make those noises all the time. Oh, oh, oh you hurt me. Somebody probably has. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, no, two people have. Well, you see, they they chose wrong. If you've been married to Piscopo, write in. We want to hear about it. Yeah, we would love to hear from Nancy Jones, who is a producer on Wheel of Fortune, or Kimberly Driscoll. There's nothing against the gentleman personally. Well, I feel like I've made my position clear. Yeah, we're going to... All right. It's a, it's a Piscopo moratorium. <laughs> we well, I wish him all the luck and love in the world. I just... I just don't want to F Mary or kill him. No, you're so high! High! Alright, here's my question about Jordy LaForge. To visor or not to visor? Because it's a big plot point throughout the series that he has this visor that gives him superpowers. Mm-hmm. But he could get n- regular eyeballs. Yeah. And he doesn't do it. But we understand from flash forwards that eventually he will get the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. But the visor causes him constant pain. So my question for you, Fonville, is if you were in the same situation, would you choose superpowers plus constant pain or normal eyeballs but no pain? If I'm the chief engineer? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I guess I would go with visor. I think it's just such a such a boon to to him to be able to do that. Uh, Jordy also, what I've never understood about him is he was like an ensign at the beginning of the show, or like a lieutenant. He was like always just he drove the ship basically. Yeah, that's and right. And then all of a sudden, he's the Listen, chief engineer. At the end of season one, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, it's true. They rewrote a lot of stuff. They were just like, now you're chief engineer. Well, they realized they didn't have a chief engineer. They had that one chief engineer. She was blonde in the messy updo, but I don't yep. remember her name. And then yep. she went away. And then they're like, now they're going to slot in Jordy. And then they had the guy who looked like he was an extra in Dukes of Hazard. Oh, this guy with the beard and the whatnot. He, this is, he used his chief engineer duties to make moonshine in the... Um, he sure did. In the warp core. And that's why he got fired. They're like, who can we trust not to have any fun at all? when they're in engineering. I know, LaForge, you're up. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah, I think I gotta go visor because it it is such a advantage to him to be able to see the warp drive, I guess, microscopically. But then he had super, his, his eyeballs in the movie were pretty fancy. He could zoom in and stuff. Yeah, good job. That's the way to do it, is you hold out. I, I, I agree with, with Jordy's choice to hold out for the super eyeballs. You want to have your eyeballs and eat it, too. Your parents let you live? What kind of question is that? Of course they let me live. No wonder your race is weak. You waste time and resources on defective children. Here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. So you're in, you're, you're in command. You're, you're like chief of a section on the Enterprise. Yeah, absolutely. You've got, you've got 100 people under you. Yeah, yeah, I do. What's your hairdo? What's your day-to-day... <laughs> Hair maneuver. Well, I think I would be tempted to go the yar, get it out of my way. I got things to do. I don't need to be sitting with a blow dryer and a little curling iron. 
On the other hand, assuming that 24th century hair technology has gone up in the world, like it's, it's been advanced, so you could do sort of like a, a Judy Jetson-esque sit down and zam, bam, bam, then I might be tempted, because I'm vain, to have a very exciting updo, a la the updos. Like, remember, remember Troy's original hair? Season one, that very exciting, crazy updo with the with the jewels in it, and it looked like it looked like a tea cozy, and like there yeah. was her bun was a handle. Yeah, it yep. was like the top of her head was gonna come off, and like her whole head was a cookie jar, and like the the hair was the handle on the cookie jar. Like yep. I might go tempted to go down that road for a little while, but yep. probably at the end of the day, I would go like I would pull the another Picard. The Picard maneuver and uh, lose it, just shave it all. So zip gone. And tell people you're an alien and you don't have any hair. Yeah, that's right. And be like, I also have other powers, which I'll would, inform you on a need-to-know basis. Get in line. Would you? <laughs> would you request that Crusher give you a forehead ridge? <laughs> a prosthesis? I don't think I need it. I don't think I need a surgical enhancement. I think my steely glare would be enough to to yep. keep the the ensigns in line. Yeah. I can be intimidating. Yes. Yes. Authoritative. I've got the authority. I got the laser eyes. Right. Zip zip. <laughs> You'll follow my commands, ensign. Uh. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Charlie, I think this was our best episode yet. You think so? Mm-hmm. All right. Hands down. I think the the clamoring fans will agree. Our public is really vocal, so keep those letters coming in. Megan, you've got some stuff coming up. On Thursday, June 4th, you can see me at the Hollywood Improv, the Hour of Power Hour, where I'll be on a bill with Lorraine Newman and Eddie Pepitone. Hey, now. Not bad. And then I'm scooting over to the Laugh Riot Girl Festival at the Dow Comedy Studio for their 9 o'clock show. And then... I'm also doing their Friday midnight show on the on June 5th. And then we're going to be doing a live recording of Seth Phasers to Fun at some point oh, during your visit. Won't that be delightful? Uh, so you can see Call Me Lucky if you're in the Detroit and Ann Arbor, Michigan area uh, on June 7th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, if you're around there, you got some advance notice on june 22nd through the 24th bam cinefest in new york will be screening the movie bobcat goldthwaite and barry cribmans will be there in new york for your viewing pleasure what a coincidence uh, that they will uh, be there when the movie is showing did they know <laughs> did they plan that in advance or was it just an accident it, it was planned it was planned <laughs> uh some people some people planned it uh, now, it's an accident that Bobcat and Barry will be at the Free State Film Festival in Lawrence, Kansas on June 26th as well. All right. Well, that's episode four. Boom. In the can. Thanks for uh, listening, as always. Uh, if you want to get in touch, at SetPhasersPod on Twitter. It's SetPhasersToFunPod at gmail.com. And it's uh, we're on the Facebook. All right. See you next week. I'm with you every day, Jordy. Every time you look at this engine, you're looking at me. Every time you touch it, it's me. <laughs>